And we're back, people. We are back. If you enjoyed the first half of this show, we had the great Chris Nisley on. Oh, my gosh, from Knockout Fitness. We talked some boxing. You're tuned in. I am the one that holds the last name, Ramos. I'd like to specifically thank my daddy for that one. Mike Ramos in heaven, I love you. Episode 93. You know we got cake and stuff in here. I'm a fan. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Episode 93, the three-year anniversary edition. And let's go straight back into it, Tristan, before I get this swig of water, because... Uh-huh, get the swig. I'm pushing the vocal cords. But anyways, yes, we're back on. You're still tuned in. Still talk to us, Chris. What's up, bro? Let's go into the W in the NBA, shall we? I could have gone on for an hour, Wade said, following the ceremony at halftime at, of the Heat's 124-105 win over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Wow, the Cleveland Cavaliers. We ain't said that name in a minute, have we? They've been irrelevant for <laughs> This is about me for sure, but this is about all of us at the same time. The city of Miami, teammates over the years, Everyone who has sacrificed rooted and cried. We all did this together. I didn't do this by myself. Wade's wife, Gabrielle Union, helped to hoist his number three jersey to the rafters where it joined the retired jerseys of four other Heat players. And Zaire, Uh, his son. Zaire, yes. Alonzo Mourning, Tim Hardaway, Shaquille O'Neal, and Chris Bosh. The ceremony was the centerpiece in a three-day celebration of Wade's 16-year career, which included three championship seasons with the Heat. Wade, who now lives in Los Angeles, returned to the arena for the first time since his final home game in April of 2019. The man is hanging from the ceiling in a way he'll never be forgotten, Pat Riley told the crowd. Wade reminisced about the impression he made helping Marquette beat Kentucky, while Riley's alma mater in the NCAA tournament. Months later, Riley in the Heat took Wade with the fifth overall pick in the 2003 draft, and spectators at the Miami Arena that night roared their approval at that choice. At that moment, I felt your love, Wade told the crowd. That was the first of many moments we would share together. Your appreciation and love has never left me. If there was one world... One feeling I want to convey to you tonight, it is gratitude. Wade closed his speech by quoting his friend, the late Kobe Bryant. Kobe said the most important thing is to try to inspire others so they can hope, so they can be great in whatever they choose to do. Wade told the crowd, I hope I've inspired all of you. Flash, Tristan, immortalized in the rafters where legends go. How will the basketball world remember Dwayne Wade? You have to remember Dwayne Wade as the third greatest shooting guard in NBA history. Dwayne Wade, I love you. What's your best number three? Come on, come on, come on. Not doing it. Not doing it. Every time I try. It's not going to happen. I think what, what makes me appreciate Dwayne Wade so much is that it didn't come flashy even though his nickname is The Flash. Yeah. But it didn't come flashy. He wasn't the person that everyone talked about out of that draft. He was talked about, but not like not to the level of the way Carmelo was talked about, the way LeBron was talked about. Not to that level. He was like the the third third wheel guy from that amazing draft class. And for him, I, I remember watching, um, I think it was watching the video, the, the tribute video to him, and I didn't recall the fact that he said, hey, out of that draft class, I was the first one to win a championship. I didn't recall that he had stated that. And the fact that watching, I, I, I remember that series so vividly because it was like that was the that was the real coming out party for Dwayne Wade. Mm. Like, you, like, he is the reason Regardless they won. of Shaq. Regardless of Shaq. He is the reason that they won that championship. And, um, you know, just to see how he sacrificed financially, how he sacrificed being, quote unquote, the guy when you know when LeBron came into town and the Heatles were uh, were alive and well. Uh, it's just amazing, and you know I think no one really could appreciate the game, the kind of game that he had because you had like someone like Kobe Bryant out there. But when you watched Dwayne Wade, it was 
it was similar. It was just like the his younger years, the athleticism. I mean, he he felt he could dunk on anybody. He felt he could crush anyone. <laughs> and then just to see the the maturation with him developing his jump shot, developing the outside shot, developing post moves. It was just incredible to see the complete evolution of him. And I'm I'm so glad that he got the proper respect he deserves. And I, I just wish that TNT would have played his last, last game. game. I just wish. Y'all it did all this. Y'all could have gave him his last should have been. It should have happened. But all in all, I'm, I'm so glad that he got his jersey They said retired. they had scheduling conflicts. Listen, you, he, he <laughs> announced that he was retiring that summer. You make the adjustment. You make the adjustment. You said that you didn't, that the way he did as much as he was flash, he was not flashy. Right. He was flash, but he was not flashy. Right. Wade and the love that we have for him kind of, I mean, kind of go hand in hand to the love that we share about with someone personally that we'll talk about later. Right. The love of him that we had, we knew what we were talking about. We knew why we had it. Right. But the rest of the world wouldn't understand it until they left the game. Right. How much is that masking and put him, put Dwayne Wade in the same category? Um, I think, I think the way, the way that the world was getting ready to see Kobe Bryant, I, I don't know if the world will see Dwayne Wade, even though I expect him to do great things post-career, um, and Kobe Bryant kind of laid out the blueprint that it can, it can, you yeah. can have a second act, um, but I just don't know if it would reach to that place because Dwayne Wade throughout his playing career... What what made him so special, but what probably would have kind of also hindered him from getting the look that the Kobe Bryant's, the the LeBrons, the Carmelos, all those guys got, was the fact he was a quiet storm. He didn't say too much. Mm. You know, you, he wasn't the guy that was on the microphone saying. Matter of fact, when he did say something, you kind of pause because it's like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? So he didn't say too much, but his game, when his approach to it, how he believed in it. I used to love the pregame when he get when he jump into the hoop and kind of put him put his head in the net. It was like to kind of engulf his mind into that world of what he's about to do. But because we didn't see it and hear it vocally, is why but he's I mean, not quite we don't, that that we way. don't love Tim Duncan any less, even though Kevin Garnett said. That Tim Duncan talked a lot of trash too, but he did it in a very subtle way. We don't love Tim Duncan unless Tim Duncan is as fundamental as it comes. Yeah, but his nick- but his nickname was the fundamental. And so he, he went, matched and he who went, he was. He, yeah, he went to the San Antonio Spurs under Pop. It's kind of like um, when I think of it, it's kind of like how um, how 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 uh, Peyton was with with Dungey in Indianapolis. You know, it was just like you just uh, you saw you the brilliance. The, the scheme that yeah, you saw the brilliance. You just didn't hear it. And it's crazy because you're in Miami. They don't show up till halftime anyway. It's popping outside. Exactly. They need a popping guy at the face, and then there's Dwayne Wade. He I just ass- handles it on the court. I assure you. I assure you. As much as much. Let me and let me not say this because I'm not. It's not diminishing his legacy because his legacy is is there. But I promise you, if he got drafted by Chicago, his hometown, and did. What he did in Miami for Chicago, if you'd see him in a grander scale. Would he have taken away from what Derrick Rose did in his own time there? I mean, that's still the same hometown boy, but you would have just you would have just they would have looked at it as a lineage. But it, it Dwayne Wade being if Dwayne Wade being first there, oh yeah, he would have cemented because that's their it's like Cleveland he's the home, It's Cleveland LeBron. He's the <clears> homegrown <throat> kid. My just like you said, Miami. You know, they don't show up till halftime. You know, they don't do, you know what I'm saying? Like, because we consider Alonzo Mourning a great. But Alonzo Mourning don't get taught the way he probably should. I remember watching a couple of playoff games like, there's nobody watching this game in Miami. Hey, We're watching saying. it more than the crowd. So, so for Dwayne Wade to get the props that he gets now and that he's gotten during his playing career in a city that's so active with everything else, it really speaks volume to who he was as a player because he was able to make Miami a basketball You could be town. doing anything else. You could be in South Beach right now, but I'm going to see Dwayne You're Wade. You're going to see Dwayne Wade, exactly. So that speaks. So that's what I'm saying. Put him in, in a Chicago Bulls uniform with that same career, 
He'd have a statue right You're next to my You're tuning in to Rolling with Ramos, episode 93, the three-year anniversary. I'm McKellen with the star over here. We're chilling. Mm-hmm. We hanging. Make sure you drop those comments down below. Girl dad, hashtag. Yep. Wade, a girl dad in his own right. He has a daughter with Gabrielle Union. His son, who is he's his son, recently came out as trans. He now has another daughter. And she's come out as Zaya. She wants to be addressed with pronouns of she and her. How has Wade been a pioneer and advocate for families who have trans or for those who have LGBTQ people in them? How has, how has his support of his daughter transcended how we look at basketball players? And, uh, and he's not the only one because we can look at Magic Johnson, but in this day and age. Well, I think in this day and age, the difference between Magic Johnson because I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say as if like Magic Hi, Johnson, Mom. as if Magic Johnson <laughs> wasn't uh, as if Magic Johnson wasn't uh, has never been supportive of his son because clearly he he champions his son but I think with Dwayne Wade using the platform that he has to bring awareness to this and to to come out and say I accept this as my own not only as um, uh, a father. But as a black father and a, a, a high-profile black father from a sport that demands so much masculinity, so much testosterone, it's it's big, it's huge for what he, for what he's standing for with his child, and um, it takes a great deal of courage, it takes a great deal of security, um, and I can and I commend him for it because you know your child looks to you as a hero, and then when you're not only a hero to your kid but you're a hero. To a lot of people in the world, where you where your stance is in that child's life means a whole lot. So shout outs to Dwayne Wade for for championing uh, his daughter. I right on, Dwayne Wade, and you're immortalizing the rafters forever where you should be. Moving on from one guy who stayed loyal to another who stayed loyal and can't get no love. We go down 95, shall we? Bradley Bills back-to-back 50-point games have him in the same sentence as Kobe Bryant and Wilt Chamberlain. Here is the good news alongside some other statistics those two great scoring games provided. That produced a few statistical anomalies, anomalies, as you can imagine, dropping 108 points in two games also put Bill in some very exclusive company. Mm-hmm. Here are some stats to put Bill's last two games into perspective. Bill is just the third player in NBA history to have 53 points or more in consecutive games. The other two players to accomplish the feat are Wilt Chamberlain and everybody's favorite regular season MVP, James Harden. <laughs> two of the greatest scores ever. Chamberlain did it 16 times while Harden has done it three times. Bill is the first player to score 53-plus in two straight and lose both games since Chamberlain in 1962. We'll talk about that later. It has been 58 years since that happened, Tristan. Mm. Bill is now tied with Gilbert Arenas. Oh, man, do we miss Gilbert. For the most, <laughs> For the most 50-point games in Wizards slash Bullets franchise history with three, but he is the first player in franchise history to have 50 or more in consecutive games. Bill became the first player with 50 point for 50 plus points on back-to-back nights since Kobe Bryant in March of 2007. Mm. He is just the sixth ever to accomplish that feat, joining Bryant, Michael Jordan, Bernard King, Elgin Baylor, and Chamberlain. Bill's 108 points in two games are also the most combined on consecutive nights since Bryant in March of 2007. Bryant had 110, scoring 60 in the first game and 50 in the second. Bryant's funeral happened to be on Monday, the second day of Bill's scoring barrage. Bill's 55 points against the Bucks included eight threes. It was just the 14th time in NBA history a player has done that. The others to accomplish the feat, Bryant, Harden, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard, and Clay Thompson. Bill raised his season scoring average a full point from 29.1 to 30.1 with his two 50-point games. That leads the Eastern Conference in his second only to Harden's 35.3 in the NBA this season. It is a legal requirement to note that he was not an all-star. Blasphemer. Blasphemy. 
On the night, after scoring a career-high 53 points against the Chicago Bulls, Bradley Beal topped that with 55 points against the Milwaukee Bucks, and somehow the Wizards lost not one, but both of those games. The camera got a glance at Bradley Beal toward the end of that Bulls-Wizards game. Tristan, he did not look happy while on that bench as they lost 126-117. to Yet it's all about loyalty. Loyalty, baby. Oops. Sorry, America. I did that. Excuse me, I get ahead of myself sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, it's all about loyalty. If I can 100%, I die in that Wizards jersey. Bill, who signed a five-year, $127 million contract extension with the Washington, with Washington Wizards in 2016, says he wants to die in that Wizards jersey. He recently hopped on the Posted Up podcast with Yahoo Sports' Chris Haynes, in which he revealed just how dedicated he is to sticking it out with the Wizards. I'm different than a lot of people. I hate change. I hate being different. You know, I hate all of that. If I can 100%, I die in that Wizards jersey. Until that day comes, I'm going to just duke it out day by day, play out my contract. If they want me, I'm staying. If they don't, it was great. At the end of the day, I'm here, he added. I don't think I'm going nowhere. They've made it clear to me. And until that day that I'm moving in another jersey, I'm going to fight my tail off to get one championship. The Wizards, of course, selected Bill third overall out of Florida in the 2012 NBA draft. And while the team has reached the postseason in four of its first in four of his first six seasons, they have never made it out of the second round. If I ever see you against Boston again, I beg of you to win, not at home. Went on a road. Anyways. Wizards are ninth in the Eastern Conference at 20 and 36. Bill, of course, did not make the all-star cut. Tristan, Tristan, it's all about loyalty. He said he does not want to be different. This was a man at one point being looked at by the Lakers and reports he would be leaving Washington. How much has that indifference caused Bill to suffer at the height of his great individual performances on a bad team? When you're the only option... When you're the only option, you have to score at a certain tick. You have to score at a certain volume. Um, he's definitely not at James Harden's volume, but he he has to be the scorer. There's there's no one on that team that stands out that you can say that's a threat. What made the what made the two games impressive on an individual standpoint is that every person that plays the Wizards say, "Hey." Your goal is to stop Bill. You got to stop Bill. What's happened? But what's also on the on the other side of the sword is now they're like, okay, let Bill be Bill, but no one else can get out. We still gonna win this game, and Bill can have sixty. It doesn't matter. Basically, that's where that's where it's at because there's no one else there that can take on the scoring prowess. And say, well, we got to stop two of these guys now, not just one. And they gave away everybody. It's, it's why it's why Twitter. Well, every time I the past week when I've seen it, somebody talk about Bill. Everyone say, can't wait to see John Wall back. Can't wait to see John Wall back because it would have offset. You had an answer for two of them. Now, the problem that we have is that the Wizards are kind of locked on these guys. You're locked on Bill's contract. You're locked on John Wall's contract, which is. An astronomical And contract. he is not playing this entire you, year. You remember when, you remember I went off about 80 this. Eighty million guaranteed. You remember I went off about 80 this. Eighty million guaranteed. So I'm just like, hey, we're we're in the Wizards are in the Houston Rocket level, but worse. Because the stuck motion? Yeah, because at least with the Rockets, when James Harden explodes there's enough around him that they can win games. They just can't succeed in the playoffs, but they can. He's gotten to two Western Conference Finals being this guy. Bill is on a team where no one else is doing anything. No one else is doing how, anything. How the much? guy scored 53 points. Why are you laughing? Because it's just like... <laughs> you it's have not, no sympathy. It's not, it's not... The reason why I'm laughing... Is because the last his last stats, the fifty three point game, he was nineteen of twenty eight and eight of thirteen from three. Normally, someone that performs like that it wins the game. And the fact that you lost, not only did you lose, 
but you lost by double figures. It's mind-boggling that the team is that bad. This is the most healthy we've seen Bradley Beal. I, I always make this argument career. that he's like one he's of those the, dummies that you tick and something when, goes wrong. When, when he goes down on the ground, you're afraid because it's like, it's he's like always the, injured. It's like the black cat. He's really holding this team. He's really trying to hold his own and prove his own. It's really like a it's really like a black cat just hanging over the Wizards because when Wall was peaking and healthy, Bill wasn't. And we just kept saying, man, if Bradley Bill could just stay consistently healthy, we and at the point the that we could have made, and at the point the Wizards could have made an extension, he hurt his hand. We're yes. in the playoffs. Yes. That game kind of switched the momentum yes. when he had to sit out. Yes. Stars do not want to go to L.A. No, I mean, not L.A., I'm sorry. Do not want to come to D.C. Nobody wants to come to D.C. Why does nobody want to come to D.C.? Is it, the, is it the fact that it's not alluring or they just can't get paid? It's not alluring and they can't get paid. Who, who are you going to pay? Who, who is the, who is the not even a superstar, but who is the star qual, quality player that you can pay? When you got Mar- two? Marquise Morris just went to the L.A.? Yeah, Marquise Morris is not coming to D.C. No. No, he's not doing that because he wants to play for a title. His brother is playing on a team that might get to the finals, so he's going to go to a team that could get him there. It is. I'm not. I'm not going to waste my time and come to DC where we don't even know if you're on rebuild or this is just where you are, because you can't say you're on a rebuild. Rebuild to what? You have no money. Rebuild to what? We don't know what John Wall is going to be when he comes back. As far as I'm concerned, John Wall hasn't played in two years, so we don't know what he's going to look like coming back. So. I asked this question uh, about a week ago when you couldn't be here, and I asked this, asked it to um, Janae Graham, who was here, a great sports journalist in her own right. Make sure you follow her. And I'm going to ask you the same question. Sure. No love for Bill. It's because that despite everything, he's always been second best. So to him, to everybody in the nation's capital, to everybody that sees a Wizards emblem, it will always be John Wall's team. No, I don't, I don't think that's where the disrespect comes from. I feel like the disrespect comes from the fact that your team is so bad how have you been? How can you be seen as a player? How can you have a player that has been so loyal but get killed so much? Exactly. Like okay, like for me, is that the changing of a lead? I do, like let me be clear. I'm not. I'm not one to say that Bradley Beal was not supposed to be in the All Star game. Bradley Beal had every right to be loyal as All Star. Mike says, "Wait, better come back." <laughs> like D Rose. <laughs> hey, but you know, like he should have been in the All Star game. Yeah. But I promise you. Even though, even though people thought what Charles Barkley said was a little jerkish, but there was some merit to it. You're not, you're, it was hard to think of him in that caliber because no one is thinking about the Wizards. Yeah. When you look at the Eastern Conference, look what Toronto's doing. Shout out to Nick Nurse, by the way. Look what Toronto is doing. Everybody thought they'd be nothing without right. Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, he reached, he reached 100 wins in 128 games. It's, it's impressive. You know, so shout out to Nick Nurse on that. Look what Giannis is doing. Most likely, he might end up being the MVP again. Um, you look at you look at the 76ers and their dysfunction, but you got two transcendent players on that team. Look at the Celtics. Look at the Celtics. Look what Kimba's doing. Look, you know, look at look at. Uh, uh, so everybody Tatum. in Eastern Conference doing something but the Wizards. Something even 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 people, with the name that they have. Even, people thought the Miami Heat weren't going to be relevant, and they I I said it at the summer league when I was watching this guy Hero. From uh, Kentucky, just dropping these threes, and then Bam is awesome. Jimmy Butler, like so. We you, actually found somewhere Jimmy Butler can just do his thing. Right. So you got so you got the Eastern Conference that looks so competitive, and the 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 talent is so spread out. And then you got the lowly Cavs and the lowly Wizards, and but yet there's a star there in the Wizards. But the team is so bad that his light is is dimmed. Let's move on. If you guys missed the first half of our show, please make sure you go back and check it out because we did talk boxing with Jason Nisley, owner of Knockout Fitness here in Baltimore. We talked about that Wilder Tyson Fury fight. So please go back and check it out, out, out the first half of this show. We move on from one guy who's immortalized in the Raptors forever in Dwayne Wade to another guy that we said can't get no love that's down 95 but doing it all to another guy who's not going to be playing at all. The Lakers waived big man DeMarcus Cousins. Cousins signed a one-year $3.5 million deal in July, but suffered a torn left ACL in August. And has and not to mention, you're tuned in to our third anniversary special. We're three, y'all. Do you love me or hate me still? I love you though. Whatever. Anyway, 
Cousin signed a one-year $3.5 million deal in July but suffered a torn left ACL in August and has been rehabilitating throughout the 2019-20 season. He averaged 16.3 points and 8.2 rebounds last year in 30 regular season games with the Warriors. Golden State signed Cousins to a one-year $5.3 million deal in 2018 while he was recovering from a torn left Achilles. The decision to waive Cousins comes as a result of the team reportedly signing Markeith Morris to shore up their rotation because they're looking over there at the other team in L.A. That's only downstairs and around the corner from him. He recently appeared on as a guest on Showtime's All the Smoke podcast with hosts Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson where he discussed what his possible postseason role would look like. We got a big team. It's going to be some bump for sure, he said. We got so many guys with different abilities. I mean, I can spot up. Braun is going to draw everybody wherever he decides to move. I'm pretty confident I can knock down a shot. We got shooters all over the floor. I mean, I can make a play like it's pick your poison. LeBron on Cousins, Tristan. Listen, first, his, his health is the thing we're most engaging in watching him. And he's progressed every single day, every single month, he said after practice last Thursday, to point to the point where he was limping and now he's actually shooting and actually jumping on jump shots and progressing every single day, every single week. He's out there right now getting his work done. We want to continue to say optimistic about his health. We don't want no setbacks, and he's had before in the last couple of years. But his health is most important, and if we can get Cuz anywhere back to what he was capable of doing a couple of years ago is a plus for us, but there's no pressure on him. I digress. It might be a lot of pressure. Will we ever get the old boogie back? I think so. I think uh, I think he just needs a legitimate shot to, uh, um, you know, be able to be on the floor, get his legs under him, get him going, you know, so that he could be the guy. Now, is he going to be the same guy as we saw before? Maybe not. He's still been at the facility. Just so you know, he's on the sidelines because you can still practice and do your job at right. the facility. So go ahead. Right. I, I, you know, is he going to be the same guy he was before? Probably not. But I think you can still get some great value out of him. I don't think uh, I don't think he's, like, washed or anything. I just think a team that, you know, might be looking for a big, his game is still kind of old school. He doesn't play that great defense. He's more of an offensive guy. Um, so it kind of makes him a liability. You got it. You, I think – the NBA has to see him. I think that's the the, the challenge for him right now is that they got to see him. Productive. Uh, I think they were hoping for the fact that, you know, maybe he'd come back, you know, when they had their playoff push and all this stuff. But they got JaVale McGee. They got Dwight Howard, who's looked amazing. He might get comeback player of the year. But, you know, so with all that. Could you have spotted that? No, I thought. With this <laughs> a no, long time ago. No, no, not at all. Um, but it's amazing that, it's, that we've gotten there. Shout out to Dwight. So. I think, you know, because of that, we're just in a position where it's like you're just not needed because we also need you to play defense. And Boogie is a liability defensively. Big man is a liability defensively. Greg Oden. I'm going to throw this name out there. Greg Oden. We've seen what happened to him. Big guy, huge talent, injuries that let him down and made made what could have been an illustrious career when that was let down. Is Cousins' name synonymous to that timeline, or is he not? Because we've seen a prime where he wasn't the best in this league. Exactly what you just said. We saw, we've seen Cousins. Okay. You know, we've seen him work. We never got to see what Greg Oden was going to be. And Greg Oden's injuries was like, it wasn't like Boogie. Boogie just had devastating injuries. Greg Oden's injuries were like the universe is saying no. Like that's what that's how it felt, because it was it was nothing. He didn't do anything drastic or traumatic in his movement. It was something so minor, but it cost him. You know, in his ankles, in his knees, and it just it was like the universe just said no. You know, after Ohio State, it was just like no. So you know, I wouldn't put, I can't put Boogie in. Well, if you Odom can't put Bo- Boogie and Odom in the same sense, can you at least say? All that time in Sacramento on a team that wasn't of winning caliber. What he na- did it rain on the parade he is he has now with teams of a winning caliber. His body just ran down. I, I that I think is the tragedy is that he was in Sacramento so long and um, wasn't winning anything, and now 
you know, he was on Golden State. He was on. He's with. He was with the Lakers. He he had a chance to be on team. The Pelicans were making a push when he was down there with with Anthony Davis. He had chances and he got injured, and that's what makes his career unfortunate. Okay, we're closing the show, but the unfortunate matter of closing the show, we got to talk about one person. What before? Because I know we're going to close this properly. Yes. I want to talk about one player because it, because talking about Boogie reminded me of this, and I had a conversation with some friends of mine about this a week ago, and I want your opinion. Hmm. What are we saying about? Kyrie and his career right now, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna break this down. I'm, I'm gonna break this down for you guys to understand where I'm trying to come from. Kyrie is one of the most, if not the most, skilled guard in the NBA. Mm. I, I, and when I say that, because I know people are gonna be like, "Well, what about you know, uh, like Dame Leonard, Steph Curry?" But no, 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 no. The, Kyrie has a endless bag of repertoire offensively that is amazing it's it's i've never seen someone maybe since like alan iverson where the ball literally looks like a yo-yo coming off of his hand Mm. anywhere he wants to go with it one one of the best finishers in the game outside shot can can take it to the hoop i mean it's it's brilliance watching him is like watching it's like poetry. It's like art. Watching Kyrie when he's when he when his head is right, when everything is going good in his life, it's beautiful to watch. Here's my issue. Mm. When he got drafted, and went to the Cavs. Now it's the Cavs. Okay. It is what it is. It t- it took LeBron. LeBron had to leave y'all and come back. Okay, it's, it's the Cavs. Um, when he went to the Cavs, he was brilliant, but they were still losing. LeBron comes back, they're in the finals every year. And even though people gave the respect to Kyrie, even LeBron was like, yo, that kid is awesome. But everybody was looking, this is LeBron's squad, hometown hero, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. He was at the height of his powers, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. And after the finals victory, I I truly believe that Kyrie just kind of looked at it and said, you know, you might have had the block, but I had the shot. Everybody talks about your block, but I had the shot. I had the shot. I won it all. You know, I had the shot to got it. So I want to be the guy. I'm talented enough to be the guy. He goes to the Celtics, makes this whole big thing. He wants his jersey in the rafters in in Boston and all this stuff. And at the beginning of the season, his first year there, right, we saw brilliance. But then he got hurt. Even when he was at the Cavs, it was always a nagging injury, something that kept him out, something that we didn't think would keep him out so long, but then kept him out. <clears throat> Went to the Celtics, he had the same issue, and then the second season, he was disgruntled. The team's not clicking the way they thought it would be. I mean, look, how, look what they did without him. And, then, and then we were only imagining that they would have done more so, with him, and then when they put him in the lineup, it just did not mesh Right, well. so look at the change between the second year and this first year. All you did was just swap Kyrie and Kimba out. And look at look at how the Celtics function. Look how the Celtics function without Kyrie there. Now you're seeing, we're seeing Jalen Brown. We're seeing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum being the guys that we saw when they were rookies, and we were wondering what happened in these two years when Kyrie was there. They were limited with Kyrie. Right. So then, so then now look at the Brooklyn team. Okay. What happened to the Brooklyn team? You got you took out D'Angelo Russell. You put in Kyrie. You now, the Nets gave Golden State a run for their money with D'Angelo in the first round of the playoffs, right? Before before KD said, nope, we're not doing that, you know? Now, you took D'Angelo out put Kyrie in. Don't you think they should be even a little bit better? And then, again, he does the whole thing. I'm back home. I'm close to my family. I'm close to my dad. I'm close to everybody. You know, this is the team I grew up rooting for, blah, 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 blah. He does the whole spiel. not because Brooklyn Nets were not there. They were in New Jersey, right. And now, first few games, brilliant. He would have scored, like, I think his first or second game, he scored, like, 50-something points. It was a home home game. Everybody's lit up After for this. After we were waiting for you to come back for so long. Right. So then, 
Now you had a nagging injury. You were out for this many games. You came back for a game here and there. You showed us the brilliance again. Then you got injured again. And then now you took a season-ending surgery. So now you're gone. And here's the thing. The problem that he's going to have to deal with is that any success that comes to the Nets next year is going to be given to Kevin Durant. Everything, any kind of success, they go to the playoffs, winning record, anything, is going to be credited to KD being on the floor, not you. So you're basically put yourself in the same situation that you were in in Cleveland with LeBron. It's the same thing. You want to be Batman, but it seems like your best suit is Robin. And for someone as you, where your body cannot stay consistent enough to stay healthy for you to be on the floor to see if you're going to be the leader that we want you to be. I, I always say, I say Kyrie is the soloist of the NBA. He is a person that cannot play. You want him to be the leader of your team, and he cannot be that. He cannot be that. He is the soloist. KD is going to come, and KD can make everybody better because the threat is you don't want KD to get going. But KD can see the floor. KD can bring the ball up. KD can and score gonna anywhere. And you're going to make the shot, and it's not going to matter again. And it's not going to matter. Any win, any win, anything, any kind of success the Nets take next year, is going to be credited to KD. And I said this, I said this during the summer in, on the show. I said, KD not playing is the best thing that can happen for Kyrie right now because of all that mess that he left in Boston. Okay, you have one year to show who you are as the guy when you are the guy, the man, the leader of the team. Who are you? This is your year to prove it. And now the season's over. I'll him. give you one more. Of plugging in one guard after another. Isaiah Thomas did not know he was leaving the Celtics. Right. And plugs Kyrie here. Right. He did not know. This is a man that played on the most tragic event of his life. Right. He lost his sister. Right. And still de decided to go out and play for his team. He had the pulse of Boston. Next next game, that game he was not present. Was that game five, game, game six? Game six. Game six. It was a godly presence that possessed him because what he did in that game was crazy. Right. And they won that game. Right. We talk about uh, we talk about him not, not wanting to be behind the guy. I mean, you, some would say, some would say, and, and I said the same thing. You're playing with LeBron James. What are you complaining about? I mean, you don't see Steve Kerr over here complaining. He hit the shot. Michael Jordan get all the credit for leading Bulls to the championship. We know it's Michael Jordan. Dennis Rodman did not care. I don't care how many rebounds he got, which he got a lot about on a couple teams, but I don't care how many rebounds he got. Scottie Pippen knew I can't be anything. I don't care how much I believe in myself. When they, they think Scottie and Mike, they think Mike and Scottie, there's no Mike without Scottie. We know that, but stay in a Scotty's place, for lack of better terms. Mm -hmm. Kyrie, young, immature, couldn't stand being on LeBron, and even more, back to your point, couldn't stand being under LeBron after being there for so long, couldn't get the job done by himself. He wanted so badly to believe he can do it by himself. He goes to Boston. We see that he is not the leader that he says he can be, because, you know, it's one thing to say, I don't want to be that behind guy. But it's another way, but it's another thing to actually embody what, the, what that front guy is. One of the best players who ever played the game, told the most prolific, told the, the most dominant player in the NBA, I don't care who you are. I can, I'm, you need me just as much as I need you. And when he was by himself, he proved that he could do it. Mm -hmm. We have not seen that from Kyrie Irving at all. He's in another situation. We're another situation that's mirroring a situation that may happen in Houston. If James, if James Harden and Russell Westbrook can't get to a certain point in the Western Conference Finals, if they don't even get past the Western Conference Finals, it will not I fall mean, they, on James. It will not fall on James Harden's hands. It will be Russell to blame, mm -hmm. and Russell should not be the one to blame because if you watch Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook gives it to you every night, every, every chance he gets. Mm -hmm. It's not his fault. But what does become your fault, and going to your point, is the situations that you put yourself in. Kyrie Irving does not believe he is a part-time guy. 
We're watching Bradley Bill and DC be the guy and cannot get the, any Can't love for being the guy because we wanted to see you in a second man role doing what you're doing right now. And we want the guy that is the guy there that we drafted from Kentucky. We want to see a one-two punch. But if you can't be a one, if being a one-two punch is something that you can't work into your psyche, he's going to have a long career to go because he's going to have to play. When you want to play with stars and you want to play with guys that's going to eventually give you a championship, I lie as guys like Kevin Durant, who we can also say maybe ha- is having a coming home of, of the same sense because he's coming back to the East Coast. D.C. PG is not that far. So people can still come to his games and it's not going to be a, a hop, skip, and a jump from being on the West Coast. We're... Let's be real. Nobody was waiting for you to get back, Kyrie. No. They were waiting for we're, – we're anticipating how Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant is going to look after this injury. Mm-hmm. We, I, I find his career stalled until he can find a definitive role that he's proud of. Mm-hmm. But we don't know if he's going to figure that out yet. That's exactly my point. Exactly my point. We got to go here. Yeah. We got to go here, and it's unfortunate that we have to go here because I've already wanting to stop looking on social media. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for I don't know when this is going to die down. Mm-hmm. It's going to, I'm with magic. It's going to take forever. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep seeing Kobe stuff forever. Mm-hmm. That memorial was very emotional to watch from start to finish. I would have cried even more if his daughter had gotten up Whoa, there. Boy. That would have been something even bigger to watch Vanessa get up there. It's one thing to lose your husband, but to lose your baby. And to say the things that you will never get to see her watch. I've done the same thing with my father. My father will never get a chance to see me walk down the aisle. Will never give me away. You start looking at those things. We can only imagine what she's going through. And a year ago, we watched it in Lauren London. And here we are watching it in Vanessa. I enjoyed Michael Jordan's speech. You could tell how emotional he was. Absolutely. I hope we don't have a crying meme, but this is America. They're going to do it to us anyway. There is no I in team, but there's an me in that. And it's so unfortunate that all these speeches come at a Hall of Fame eligibility that we will never get a chance to hear Kobe Bryant speak. That, that when I tell you that breaks my heart. And so Shaq much was talking about, about was he going to be the one to give him away, away mm-hmm. and which I'm pretty sure he would have picked him. I, I'm pretty sure. The more we keep coming out with Vanessa suing the, the the company, as she should, and the more we keep coming out with reports, it's even more pertinent that. It sh- could have been prevented. Kobe Bryant and Gianna would have still been here. Yep. I don't care how many times this pilot has flown in adverse conditions. He should have made a better decision. Mm-hmm. Then there's reports coming out that maybe Kobe made him do it. I personally don't believe Kobe thought it was to that ex- extreme. Because if he did, I'm pretty sure he would have said, wait up, hold up. But, I mean, stars can be very... Manipulative in their stardom, and, and who were, knows? They were heading for a game, and they were heading for a and game. Were, I'm pretty sure that was very important you know, you to had them. Two, you had two other kids that were on the team, so you know. We don't know. We were not in the flight. Yeah. We were not in the plane. Yeah. But still, LAPD cops were LAPD uh, uh, planes. They say it's different for private, but planes weren't allowed to fly that day. Why, in the right mind, did nobody in LA say nobody can fly in the city of LA? In certain precautions, it's it's so much in me to say he should still be here, she should still be here. Um, but the memorial was beautiful, was beautiful. wonderful. Starting with Beyonce, I thought Christina Aguilera, oh my God, and that was an Italian. Um, Alicia Keys, there was not a dry eye watching that. There, there, there's no way you you seeing. But one thing I want to bring to your attention, Tristan, I've been waiting to get you to do this. We go back a couple of weeks to after that first game, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Portland Trail Blazers. Mello on IG, you just called me and told me you were coming to the game Friday and that you were proud of me. And regardless of anything, stay true to Mello and stay mellow. We were just laughing about how hard you was working Gigi and her teammates, and I told you they need a day off. I respect it. I know him and Kobe had a great relationship, Trail Blazers, Guard Damian Lillard told USA Today Sports, it's something he was not ready to face and deal with. We all respect his decision. Um, Carmelo Anthony did not play in that game. They gave Trevor Ariza mm-hmm. 
who also won championships with Kobe in L.A. They gave him the same option. He did decide to play. Carmelo Anthony said he, he could not play. Anthony and Bryant first became close when they teamed up together on the 2008 U.S. Olympic team. Bryant offered counsel when Anthony asked Denver Nuggets to trade him during the 2020-2011 season, which eventually led to being dealt to the New York Knicks. Bryant also gave Anthony advice on how to handle Knicks president and former Lakers coach Phil Jackson, critiquing him publicly after Bryant also experienced tension when he played for Jackson. Although Anthony resigned with the Knicks in 2014 offseason because of a larger contract, he met with the Lakers and Bryant during his free agency tour. This goes past basketball. Carmelo and Kobe, the best of friends. Um, wives, friends. And, trans, and going through that, uh, Tristan, thegrio.com, opinion piece by Blue Talusma. What Kobe Bryant's death has taught me about how black men mourn. Since Kobe Bryant's tragic death, black men have shown emotions that may forget, that many forget they have. It's time to let them have their wake for the NBA legend and show that despite stereotypes. In consoling a friend of hers who is an avid sports fan and black man, she noticed, as she put it, as I leaned over to rub his back and console him, in my periphery, I noticed three other black men in our vicinity staring off into the distance and holding back tears of their own. That's when it hit me that even though we all are mourning the loss of Kobe Bryant, for brothers particularly, for brothers particularly, this one hit differently. She continues, it has been my lived experience that there is death and then there is sudden death. Both are painful, but the latter has an extreme bite to it that leaves you feeling as if you've been betrayed by time and also wishing you could go back and savor moments you previously took for granted. That's why the swift and cruel timing of Kobe Bryant's passing just hours after LeBron, after LeBron James passed him on the NBA's all-time scoring list felt like a sick joke. Most of us, myself included, expected Kobe to grow old in public consciousness. For people in my age group specifically, he was the first NBA player we watched play out his entire career from start to finish and then segue into an exciting new chapter after retirement. He was a North Star of sorts. We grew up with him, and therefore, whether we realized it or not, his mortality was tied to our own, with his death feeling just as abstract and distant as we would all, hoped, all hope ours to be. Let's be real, this world, and particularly this country, isn't known for giving black men second chances or even first ones. Since enslavement, our men have been seen as poverty, sexually deviant, brutes with no humanity or tenderness to speak of. They've been portrayed as unfeeling caricatures and dismissed as emotionally un intelligent aggressors who only seek to pound their chest and assess their dominance while instilling fear in the hearts of their women and, while, and white counterparts. And, and the saddest part is many of them have brought into this image of themselves. Black men are supposed to be things, not people, with the only exception being made for the Ivy League, super articulate Obama archetypes who are so perfect in their presentation that even the mainstream has to be begrudgingly acknowledged to their black excellent, quote unquote. But then there was Kobe, flawed, focused, unrelenting Kobe. A misstep and subsequent assault charge early in his career made the sheen of perfection an impossible distinction for him. To marry that should have been the end of his story, leaving him dismissed as yet another, black, another bad boy black male athlete with an asterisk next to his name. But true to that Mamba mentality, he refused to let the biggest mistake of his life define him and instead spent 20 years grabbing life by the neck and shaking every bit of goodness out of it he could. Right before our eyes, we watched a tall, lanky kid from a, become a good man in the most breast, breathtaking sense of the word, a devoted husband, a proud girl dad, and a tenacious and formidable athlete whose prowess on the court was out, only outshined by his generosity towards his teammates and fans. For black men, Kobe Bryant was their redemption song, their constant reminder that they could be more than whatever box society chose to put them in. He was the brother, childhood friend, and superhero they all needed to tap into it when everything on the planet conspired to tell them they weren't good enough. Because of this, they let themselves love him deeply and attached themselves to him as if he was family. But that's the tricky thing in love. Whenever you give anything or anyone the power to make you that happy, you're also giving them the ability to break your heart into a million pieces. Since Sunday, I've seen men who, have, I've, who I honestly didn't even think had tear ducts. 
sobbing like children, both in real life and on television screens. And in, in it's been a bittersweet reminder about just how much stuff they hold in every day and teach themselves to put, put aside. The last few days have revealed that black men don't feel any less than we do either. They just have much less freedom to show it. I love Kobe Bryant, but at the same time, you've, you're looking on TV and you're seeing the likes of Shaquille O'Neal. I always say the face of this league may only may be Jerry West, Tristan, but the face of it is our black face. And you turn on your TV and you see Michael Jordan crying, sobbing. You're seeing Shaquille O'Neal crying, sobbing. Tracy McGrady, you're seeing, you're seeing men, black men, cry. The most misogynistic thing you can do in this country is play a sport, be an athlete. Women, we do it all the time, right on, but they're not tech checking for our testosterone levels. And it does not matter how great Serena Williams is, there's always something behind it. Oh my gosh, there's, I always say there's nothing, more, there's nothing more that I can say as a black woman, to, but I cannot be a black man in America. And it's one thing for us to put our hands on our black men, but why should we, when they're out there trying to fight for something every day and we don't know what they're getting kicked, at, kicked with before they come in the house, and yet we can't give them peace. Black men, specifically in America, are mourning the death of Kobe Bryant, Tristan, you being one of them. Mm-hmm. How great has it been to show that men are, are emotional, that men, boys, little boys, can have emotion, that they can grow up and be men that can express them. How much can more can, and how much more of a blessing has it been shown through athletics? And how much more can this be as a catalyst to allow this to continue to transcend? I was waiting for you. I think... Um, that was a lot. I think in this day and age, it's so important and it's so um it's so amazing to be able to see that these guys that we look at as superheroes especially with them being african-american um we see them as warriors and, and larger than life you know um like action figures in a sense they can jump higher than normal, they run faster than normal, they're, they're stronger than normal. Um, and to see the the tears of so many uh, strong black men um, mourn the death of their brother, mourn the death of their friend, um, it's something to behold because, you know, especially in sports, uh, all our lives were taught to be show no emotion if we feel pain if we um uh if we're hurting you know we we're supposed to just kind of suck it up and you know keep it moving as a man be a man that's what they say be a man be a man suck it up be a man and um the fact that you can show emotion is one of the main factors of manhood um i tell i tell my my, my my boys at, at uh, church, uh, my young guys, I tell them, I said, listen, don't let anyone make you f- think that you're soft because you show emotion in church. As being um, being a, a leader in church where we um, praise God and worship God, and um, oftentimes you see men that might want to cry, might want to have a moment, and they don't do it because they feel like it's a sign of weakness. Um, I teach them that it's not. The fact that you have enough courage to know that you are human, I think that's the part that we, um, that society had lost. I think we're trying to regain that now, is that we're human first before the gender. We're human beings. So just like you hurt, I can hurt too. Just like you feel, I can feel too. And it doesn't make you less because you're a woman, that you have emotions. These strong complexes are being taken too, too, too much, too much. Yeah, it it, it doesn't. Strong black woman, strong black man. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't make you any less. It doesn't make me any less as a man that I have emotions. I think, especially with young black boys, when they're kids, they're really not thinking about, oh, they're the man and they're the woman. They're just kids. So when they hurt, they're hurt. But 
I've seen it where a little girl hurts. They're coddled, they're protected, they're, led, they're comforted. When a boy hurts, you're scolded. <laughs> and now we grow into this being a machine almost, just cold to emotions. And then now we don't have, we don't have a way to channel it properly. So now it goes to anger because that's the masculine way. I'm angry when I'm really, I'm just hurting. But I'm angry because I wasn't allowed to shed tears. And nobody can get to you when you get older. Exactly. Now, so now you got to rewire. So I wasn't allowed to shed tears. I wasn't allowed to weep. I wasn't allowed to sit there and sob and someone to come grab me and say, it's okay. It was be a man. So now you're telling a little kid to, be to, something to, not. to, to age 10 times where he's at and have this mentality. So now when he becomes a grown man and he's hurting, he channels it elsewhere. And he does, And you're wondering, why is he so destructive? Why is he so violent? Because he didn't know how to process emotions. He didn't know how to feel it. So now we're in a society where we're now being more aware and being open to the fact that a man can cry. A man can feel pain and sob, not punch a wall, not yell in the air, not kick something, not blow up something, not, you know, not, not go into a toxic mode. A man can literally sit there and weep, and now we're getting to a place where society now says, Let it's okay. Let there for you. I one with, with a shout out to my, my, my frat brothers. Um, Probably a chapter here at Morgan State University of Fami Alpha Symphony Fraternity of America Incorporated. We have a thing where when Kobe passed, and I told you, you know, just like you have people that called you, my frat brothers are the ones that called me. They didn't have to because he's I, I never met Kobe Bryant in person. You know what I'm saying? You you've been closer to Kobe Bryant than I've ever <laughs> been, you know what I'm saying? Like I never met him in person, but they understood. That I looked at him as kind of so like. So this is a little. This is true. With with, with the. Yeah, like I looked at him as a as a sports hero. I looked at him as a figure, and it wasn't so much the basketball prowess. It was just how his mind and how he approached life. I I admire that. So for me, I was hurt, and the fact that they not only recognized without me saying anything that they knew I'd be hurt, but they thought enough. They had enough sincerity in their heart to say, let me give him a call and make sure he's okay. Because I can be hurt and I can be sad. And I, and so a thing that we had said during that week is, man, if we, if we never tell each other, we love each other. As grown men, grown men with families and careers, and we talk a bunch of foolishness and our testosterone level is high, but we recognize the fact that I can go to my brother and I say, man, I love you, dog, and give you a hug. We're, we're, this generation is more aware and more sensitive to the fact that you can do that and not be emasculated. And that is something that's so important. And I think in Kobe's death, it's highlighted even more the importance of that because we got to see for a brief moment, we got to see the side of Kobe that allowed other men to open up their sensitive side with this hashtag girl dad and, and see the sensitivity with these guys. We, I, and it was beautiful because if you go on social media, you click on hashtag girl dad, you see these guys doing tea parties with their daughters and all these things. It's beautiful. Daddy Stuff they do dances. every day. But, but, but weren't allowed to but show. not allowed to show and not allowed to express the feeling of it from them. So now... And be proud to have daughters and not just proud to have a lineage of a son of with a your son. last name. So now, we're, so now we're in a place where we're learning that guys can be emotional. We watch the, who we consider the GOAT. Full-blown tears. We watch Shaq, who is one of the most menacing men ever. Full-blown tears. You know, guys that we saw were ferocious on the court. Full-blown tears. And now we're looking at it, and we're like, man, the strength of that man to feel, to allow himself to feel like that. Seeing different parts of grief and people that could not make it. Carmelo did not come to the memorial neither. Right. 
Kyrie, Allen, couldn't, Kyrie couldn't play the next game. Allen Iverson was not there. That, and that was another thing that was beautiful. The embrace between Allen Iverson and, and Dwayne Wade, Wade, who who I believe, and, and and you can and you can and you can indifference this if you feel who I believe, and in and, and a, and a generation where that '96 class, oh my God, right? Um, you're talking about um, Steve Nash. You're talking about um, Ray Allen and and, and Vince Carter, mm-hmm. Tracy McGrady. Incredible class. Um, incredible time. Mm-hmm. Kevin Garnett mm-hmm. and. and in all these personalities, mm-hmm. Kobe made it, was able to make himself stick out in all these personalities. Mm-hmm. But in all these personalities, when we think of the generation and what's next and what was attached to our everyday and who we felt like we can, we could love, we can be loved. I mean, you always, I want to be like Mike. Yeah, you want to be like Mike. But did you ever really think you could be like Mike? Whereas Allen Iverson was us. Mm-hmm. You, he cornrows like us. He was the guy you liked in class. He looked like him. Mm-hmm. You, you felt like you knew him. I mean, the sweatpants, the, the him and Kobe in the attachment to pop culture as Mike. The last thing we have left of the generation to hold on to, and it was shown in the All Star Game, is Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. He's the last, and when he goes, it will be fe- it will be felt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Allen Iverson. Um, is someone I think more as the game goes on, he's getting more and more appreciated for his impact. And only on if he could have appreciated himself a little bit more while he was in it. Yeah. Do we say our final goodbyes to Kobe? Because this is the last. Is this really the last time we discuss I, this? Or there's going to be some more stuff to talk about. I mean, there, there's always. But this way. I think there's always. You know, you talk about basketball. If someone does something. It's hard to see someone. And they're do breaking great. his records now. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's going to be hard to talk about someone accomplish something without mentioning Kobe, because more than likely it's going to be something that Kobe has done. Just like the Bradley Beal situation, last person did was Kobe. So it's going to be hard because he did amazing. T- I need people to understand that between it was like 2007 and 2010, like in that window, it was like a video game watching Kobe Bryant play basketball. Inconsistent for three years. Incredible. Um, so and the only time you saw, and even in his most, and I agree with Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom wrote, "If I knew it was a, a plane crash, I just knew Kobe made it." We saw this man go to the bench. They said you got to shoot two free throws. Everybody else would have been crying. He shoots him on two ruptured on a he shoots him on a ruptured Achilles right. and he sinks them both. Right. You should have been taken down. Walks off the court. I saw when he hit his shoulder and he was walking around like this and still got in the game and finished it off and went back. Played with a broken index finger. Mm-hmm. They could not – went to the bench, they popped it back in, and he went back out. He, I don't know if you ever noticed that sleeve on his index mm-hmm. finger. He, he, was, he, he broke it for years and played like that for years. These two were always – the extent that man went through – that just makes it so unfortunate that he could not have this afterlife after ball I, so longing. I think, but he, but he did so much. I think for me, I think for me, and it, it will be my last. I'm truly, um, yeah. If it's not anything of basketball related as far as records or anything, um, we'll probably reflect again when the Hall of Fame comes around. That'll probably be the only other time that I'll talk about it in this capacity. But I think for me, I think, I think uh, Max Kellerman, his his take was exactly how I felt, was we wanted to celebrate him, we wanted to appreciate him for his life and what he's done and his daughter and all that. But I think Max, what Max said spoke true for a lot of people. And I think I'm in a place where I'm not only still in kind of disbelief, but also kind of angry. I think I'm still upset at the fact that it happened. And so, yeah, I want to celebrate him. I want to I have that moment where I'm like... I feel robbed. I feel robbed. I feel robbed as a fan. Yeah. And so... That Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, yeah. it's just... Those are the things that still run in my mind so heavily. To see Gigi just so, become... Exactly. You know, for all the potential uh, that could have been... I mean, I was just... I was just... Had a text message with my fraternity brother because uh, they were showing a video of Shaq's daughter dunking. Um, like, she's developing her dunk. She's 13. And we just literally, me and him both just said at the same time was like, oh my God. The Mamba They could have been on the same team. Just like. That fadeaway jumper. It's still. Even Candace Parker said it takes years for people to develop that. Yes. And she had it at 13. Yeah, so it's just like, 
those things still kind of sink and just kind of anger me. So I, I still I, can't I, believe it. I'm still like, yeah, I think mm-hmm. I'm still in that kind of place. Um, and it's going to take a while, but... Magic said we're going to be talking about this for years. Yeah, I, it, I really can't recall an athlete. And I can say athlete because if I say celebrity, I can think of those that passed. And I mean, Michael impact. Jackson. And you know, even but even like... Uh, uh, um, Princess Diana, and I could think of those because I remember those moments, and I remember like it was like the world stopped. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But an athlete to pass, I'd never seen it quite like this. How it how it affected the world? Not even Muhammad Ali. No, because he aged. We we, we saw, saw him his, go. Yeah, gradually. We just knew we were going to see Kobe forever. We right. He was going to go at a hundred and something. Right. Right. And. We were so I f- I feel so robbed and it's so I think I'm still in that place and forgive me it's like because I know it's not about me because I'm just a fan yeah. like I still keep I keep Vanessa and the children and his parents that's not that hasn't been spoken about enough his parents are alive y'all his parents had to bury their son his his sisters had to bury their their little brother like their only brother their only the brother, only boy. The only boy. So, 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 I, my heart and my prayers go out to the entire family. So, so when I'm saying it, I know I'm saying, I know I'm being a little selfish about it, but just understand as a fan, and he is my Michael Jordan, because I felt like when it came to Michael Jordan, he was so much of a mythical figure. When it came to Kobe Bryant, even though I could never play basketball like Kobe. But I knew I can achieve the mind frame of Kobe. I could be like Kobe. I could be like that in my head for whatever I go do in my career and in my life. That Mamba mentality that he preached, I know that I can achieve that. That was coined before it was even coined. Exactly. Because he did not need to say it, and he did it for years. Yes. I knew that was achievable. And he made people believe it was achievable. Whether you were bouncing a basketball or sitting at a 9-to-5 job, he made you believe that that mindset can go anywhere. And that's what made him so personable for me. And that's what makes this heartbreaking and makes me still, even as I talk about it even more, I get upset because I feel like I was robbed of a genius that I that I wanted to see what he was gonna do. The first time you 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 create a film, you get an Oscar. What are, what are the odds? They're, right. they're odds for Kobe because that's what greatness strives for. Exactly. Rest in peace, King. We yes. We and Mambasita. And Mambasita, man. And for the other seven lives. We, other I, I seven wanna, lives, I want to make sure I acknowledge because we were on this platform. So other wanna, seven lives, too. There yes. were other children there were other lost children. or teammates. Yes, yes, yes. Just wish, you just wish they didn't even get it was on the plane. Yeah, you just wish it was different. And we made a wish, and our wish gave us three years of rolling with Ramos, and we appreciate you, and thank you for sticking it through with us. Yes. We appreciate you. We love you. And I'm going to say it like I say it every week, and I don't care if it does not rhyme, it's still mine. I am Mikhail, like Kevin Mikhail. Next week will be 94. 94. 94. See you next week, people. Make sure you check out the first half of our show. In the second part, we'll give you some boxing. Shout out to, to Chris Nis- Nisley for joining us. We will see you next week, people. Peace. Peace.